Welcome in to DC On Screen, episode 175. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hey. Today, we're going to get super spoilery on The Flash 221, The Runaway Dinosaur, to recap. And I'm going to try to recap. I wrote this recap mm-hmm. while understanding that I may not understand the episode. <laughs> let's, let's dig in. Go so for let's it. give it a go. Uh, Barry finds himself in the speed forest talking to loved ones past and present, uh, or I should say the speed force guys does his loved ones talking to there he f- creatures that he recognizes <laughs> from yes. an omnipresent speed force thing. I don't know. There he fights to understand the reasoning by his uh, behind his inability to catch a phantom speedster who holds the key to unlock his powers. Meanwhile, the Star Labs gang struggles with a zombified girder and tries to find a way to get Barry home while caring for Jesse, who remains in a coma from her encounter with the particle accelerator shockwave. Barry learns that his guilt over not saving his mother is uh, psychologically hindering his speed, and Iris helps Barry break the barriers between dimensions and brings him back home where he defeats Girder. Also, Henry is sticking around, which is worrisome, as Zoom has a whole mess of metahumans from Earth 2 ready and willing to conquer Earth 1. That's mm. not about right? That's it? That's it? Oh, oh my lord. Well, you know, in the comics, let me just say, in the comics, while the Speed Force does exist at the beginning and the end of time... Mm-hmm. Barry is the Speed Force. It was created when he became the Flash. I've seen the retrofitted versions. Or at least in one version of it. Yeah, I've seen seen a lot more of the retrofitted (laughs) versions. And by the way, we had this one. We called Speed Force Heaven. Um, Uh I'm sure along with many other people, but I like being right every once in a while. Right. Um, But yeah, I've seen it more as like a Speed Force Heaven kind of thing now. It's a place you get there and you, you... very few people had the the willpower and the strength to actually leave it. Like Wally's mm-hmm. pretty famous in a few versions because he actually got out of there by of his own volition. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like where they found uh, this is where they found Jay Garrick and uh, Max Mercury yeah. in the comics. Yeah, and because uh, like, they had been stuck in there. Yeah, Johnny Quick this was is in all, there too. It also doubles as like, like when they were trying the, to get uh, Superboy Prime through the like to, when they tried to trap him in the Speed Force in one of the crises. And I never can remember. Um, like. Poor little Bart Flash is is pushing his with all he's got because uh, I think it's Garrick, uh, I forget who. One of them can't run any faster. Anyway, so poor little Bart though is pushing with everything he's got and he can't quite do it and he gets like to the the cusp of it like he's got his back against the wall kind of thing and uh-huh. out of the Speed Force pops I think Max Mercury I want to say Jay Garrick he may also be the person that was behind I'm not sure and uh, Johnny Quick uh-huh. who were all in the Speed Force waiting and they like they kind of pull him in. Um, it's pretty great actually. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. For just that one little minute, Bart was the the fastest man alive. Yeah. So the Speed Force, the the real reason I think this is here, well, this is for two reasons, I think. I think, one, Barry has to get over choosing to let his mother die. Yeah. yeah. And this is a pretty good way of doing that. You know the coolest thing about this episode, though, was, um, I mean, seeing Nora back, which, by the way, did this count as an exception to to seeing Nora again for you? You said you didn't want to see her anymore, but this was a good scene. I mean... I cried. Yeah. I was okay with it. I did too. Um, when she said, run, Barry, run, I, oh, I, almost, I, lost I it. almost died a little. I lost it. Um, but yeah, the, the the really neat part about this episode was Kevin Smith got to direct the episode, like the exact relationship that he blubbered over. Like he got to direct the thing uh-huh. that he, you know, he released that footage of himself just crying like we were, frankly. <laughs> I feel you, Kevin. But he, um, this is the, the comeuppance to that entire scene, the one that he released on it. Uh, that was that was so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but like number two, though, I think they might wind up using that speed force to trap Zoom. Hopefully, I mean, they know it's a maybe it is a, a Chekhov's gun, right? 
Yeah. Hey, there's a <clears throat> a place you can be trapped now. And if that's that's accurate, then it means uh, Vibe's going to have to be the one that sends him there, right? He can open it up? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully oh. that doesn't mean that he dies in the process. Maybe it's as simple as that, though. Like, Barry, Vibe opens it up, Barry runs in there, Zoom chases him, and Barry's the one who knows how to get out. Mm-hmm. Cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're not going to be like, I don't know, part of me is just like, oh, dude, we're not going to have to have Iris every time he he tries to get out of this place, right? No. Please? No, hopefully it'll just be a nod, like, hey, I'm, I'm coming back for you all no, we can do it. We can do it faster than they did it this episode. Mm. Mm. Did you? Um. I, I don't remember how much you actually watched this. Did you get a serious Deep Space Nine feeling from this episode? <laughs> like Cis- Cisco being in the wormhole, talking to the or being visited by the prophets. I don't think I ever saw those episodes. I watched probably half okay. of Deep Deep Space Nine, and it was on TV in syndication, so I missed a ton. Okay, in Deep Space Nine, from like the first episode, like he's the emissary to the to the prophets, and uh for Bajor and the wormhole aliens, these nonlinear wormhole aliens like talk to Cisco and he like goes into these trances. And when he goes into the trances, they like take the forms of his loved ones and they like talk <laughs> very much like they did in this episode where they were just like, not really giving him like full answers, right. like speaking in half truths. And uh, it, it felt very deep space nine to me. Very wormhole alien. Yeah. Um, I can see that. That's just me. Oh, and I don't speaking know. of the... It's not just me, because Bethany said it, too. Speaking um, of that, though, um, man, Joe makes a fantastic Max Mercury. It, he was my favorite of the of the, the people talking to Barry. Yeah? Just seems so fitting. Was there something like, I missed? No, no, no. Is he He's Max not actually Mercury? Max Mercury at all. It just it, when, when you're talking okay. about like the, that, um, I don't know, <laughs> ordained kind of... Uh, it's, he's got a priestly manner to him, but man, like, Joe's just so damn graceful when he's doing that kind of role. Yeah, he's good. He's always good, though. We're always proud of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 have issues. We we love Joe. It's uh, it's a weakness. I admit. Man, I ain't saying Joe's my weakness. <laughs> Joe's my strength. We can do all things. <laughs> um, there's a lot of a lot of great lines in it too. I I mean, I Morgish was good. I kind of yeah, Morgish was fantastic. <laughs> oh, and just Cisco endlessly cracks us up like, even when he when he he says uh, something about like this is barry's x-file and i kind of thought okay great nod and then turns around a zombie uh-huh. for real yeah <laughs> just thanks for talking for the audience like you normally do cisco mm-hmm. and i un- unlike scott i'm sorry buddy um I, I'm, I'm just not tired of the pop culture references yet i do agree with him though that it will make the show kind of timely in a way uh, see that doesn't bother me at all buffy the vampire slayer did the same thing and i don't mind it yeah but I admit when I go back, they're they're pulling references, and I have to kind of go, oh, oh, okay, Lord. Or especially when they go do the the like the the uh, the hangout, the club they go to all the time, and there's the bands playing. I'm just listening, uh-huh. going, oh my god, this is so bad. We used to listen to this music. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna go burn a flannel shirt. I'm gonna buy it and burn it. Oh, um, hey, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. It's probably right, but my favorite of this it week, might... though, easily was is iZombie still behind you? Yeah, that was funny. The best part about it, that guy is a character on iZombie right now. Yeah, I, I read that somewhere. He um, he's I I forget what's happened to his character because I'm way behind. But he was playing Drake, um, a guy named Drake, a zombie. Who would have thunk it? Mm-hmm. A love interest of Liv. Let's see. Um, I think the pop culture references are mostly geeky in nature. I don't think since that's going to be an a, issue. Since it's in a pocket of geek, you might might survive. I absolutely think it might. Like, 
I feel like it's a it's a nice touchstone for us, like where we can go back and like if we want to know. I mean, I'll be fine. If, what if, we were doing, if it's fifteen years, years from now, and I go back and go, eh, I'm gonna go sit down and watch The Flash again. That was a good show. I'll still know all the references. But, well, yeah, but I was I here just for the think first it's, time. It's, so. You know, the the Harry Potter, the Game of Thrones, and look at how long Harry Potter's been going on. I mean, how do you not make it's an icon now? How do you not make references to it? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of blanketed a couple of generations at this point. I don't know. Um, do you enjoy seeing Muse? I did not. Really? <laughs> I liked his I liked his bit where he was like, "My mom's car." Yeah. <laughs> but it bugged the hell out of me that he was like, "This fat uh, the, the the big belly burger in Starling City." I'm like, "It's Star City." I thought you watched these shows, Muse. Right. I know. It's Star City. That that was. I shouldn't be so weird. picky. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be so picky, but it's the same way as like how they made that you know, crack actually about Speedy a, and calling Speedy Roy. I know but in the Flash accidentally. There was um, there's actually a lot more truth to it than anything. it actually is. Kind of more strange that an entire city of presumably a few million people all got on board and renamed themselves very quickly. In a way, it know. makes more sense that somebody slips up and calls it Starling every now and then. And that's the head cannon that I have to use to make it work. <laughs> I was glad to see it. I and I assume uh like it it was said that he had two roles and that one of them he actually got put on a, a costume and that was that was the one that really, you know, got yeah. to him because he got to be a character. I guess I mean I'm I'm assuming that's the the big shot at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Which by the way, you I'm sure you could freeze frame that all day, but I I have no idea who was in that audience. I, I Me either. I have no idea. I actually I actually looked for it. Like I couldn't recognize anybody and I was like, "Well, I want to know." And I went and no, people, nobody was saying anything. I was yeah. like, okay. Reddit One was... person said they saw Laurel in there. Oh, One person said they saw Black Siren in there. I couldn't find her. I, I really, like, you, where's you could spend like a year studying a freeze frame of that crowd and still probably figure out only half of it. They'll tell us when the time comes, I assume, thankfully. I saw a guy wearing a giant metal suit. It looked like a gangster suit, but it was made of metal. Yeah. And I laughed really hard when I saw it because it looked like a character from The Tick or something. Right. Which I'm okay with. I just yeah, let's do that. Like there's okay. a there's a purple haired girl <laughs> and there's there's a guy that looks like he's got a, a, a flaming stick and yeah, there's the weird gangster and then there's a guy with red eyes. I don't know, man. I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> there's one girl that just Uh-oh. inexplicably has a, a white outfit on with white eyebrows. Uh-huh. It looks like white eyebrows and a red glove and nothing else happening. It looks like she accidentally it, it honestly it looks like the bad guy from Agent Carter hopped onto the wrong set for a second. Let us let us bow our heads momentarily for Agent Carter. Yeah, that sucks. Hopefully they'll wrap up the the big cliffhanger on some other movie. Yeah, that is the beauty worry. of that of that kind of outfit is that since they're talking about the past, they can wrap anything up they want in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so um, don't know who a damn person on that screen is, and I don't see yeah, Laurel any damn way. There's somebody that looks a lot like Laurel, but but it's not mm. Laurel at all. So uh, you know what? I'm I'm. Iris was a lot of fun this episode. I'm I'm down with her and Barry, man. I'm down with it. Yeah. Step into destiny, guys. Wait, wait. Step All right, in. there is one person who looks like that might be Laurel. I take it back. On the far right, mm-hmm. near the girl with the pink hair, who inexplicably doesn't like crowd crowds. <laughs> uh, um, one floating guy. I don't know. Looks like Ion or something. So, shit. I guess we should. Uh, I think Scorpion's down there bring... somewhere. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking about this. Sorry. Yeah. It's so confusing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, carry on, carry on. I'll... Um, yeah, I'm gonna hop over to some of the stuff Scott was saying real quick. Um, 
He says the Speed Force chose Barry to be the Flash because he is the Flash. We're ta- we're taking a hard turn into existentialism. That was fair, but uh, it kind of worked for me. Well, it, yeah, it did for me too, especially if the Speed Force was created by Barry and is Barry. Yeah, that gets that gets and a little they tiny can't tell whiny him though. Yet, yeah, I mean, you know. Um, he says that sour look of disapproval on Joe's face after hearing Iris's plan to be bait might be the best face ever. Yeah, agreed. That was, that was good. Also, the bit with him in the uh, the coffee mug was was fantastic. He just keeps I gave like you that mug. He just keeps yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps like pulling on his little test out on Wally, and I want Wally to pass one of those tests for God's sake. Let him let too. him catch that cup. I do too. Mm, I need this show. I need this too. I know I'm asking for a lot, but um. So Scott thought the uh. Thought the speedster in the uh, Speed Force was the Black Racer. Um, he says, "What a, a shock! Guess. My prediction." Yeah, he says, "What a shock! My prediction was wrong. It was not the Black Racer he needed to catch. It was his confidence." Mm-hmm. The show was apparently too predictable for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, we should just start a little segment with like some nice acoustic guitar that calls thoughts from Scott. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for thoughts from Scott. Right. Um, <laughs> he says, I understand the concept of an episode where the hero is on another plane of existence, uh, learning to come to va- coming to terms with uh, whatever's going on in his mind. What I don't like is when that situation is, pre- is presented with vague or obtuse dialogue that does not clearly spell out the mental struggle that they are trying to portray. I mean, I think I understand what Barry is learning, but I am not completely certain, and I want to be completely certain. This is being set up and presented as a major emotional turning point for our main character, and I should not be required to write headcanon for something like this. I don't think that's the case at all. I didn't either. I I didn't feel like that at all. I had a different take on it. For one, I like obtuse dialogue. I liked BBS. Um, Uh, Yeah, likewise. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of like it when they do that. I don't necessarily i mean mm-hmm. don't get wrong sometimes spelling out's great but what they did this episode with the simple things like he knows every word of that freaking children's book i i i started breaking mm-hmm. like i the the throat clamped up real quick when he started talking mm-hmm. and you know like him catching himself man I, I could barely tell it was barry i have my eyes were so full of of wet i was i was breaking i was completely breaking none of that like none of that caught me off guard because the scene was just so damn touching like yeah like and and he the even at the end of the book, it's the mother who was right for you. Like, it was her destiny to die to make him the person he was. And she accepts that, right. and he has to. And I love that Iris hated that book. Yeah, I did too. Like, I even guess... that was a nice touch. <sighs> and, you know, I, but the, again, like, the, the whole thing with the book, I was just kind of, I was, I was breaking down. I mean, I was a fucking tumbling London Bridges thing, man. And uh-huh. I literally, my notes for it, my, my notes with probably a, a fair amount of smudge from wetness on them, um, Norris says the run, Barry, run. I literally wrote, fuck you, Smith, after that. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you, man. (laughs) It's not fair. I was barely holding it together. You bring me that? (laughs) Shit, good job. But they bring you that, and then, and yes, Scott says, it's very polite of Zombie Girder to hold off on punching the door so as to allow the Star Labs posse to have a tense emotional moment yeah. preparing to summon Barry home. Yeah. Yeah, I but agree. you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, you did get this, you good. did get one of the great Cisco lines. Hey, I'm glad you're back because we're about to die. Yeah. <laughs> See, it was a nice emotional, it was like a nice beat to like forget about that for just a second. Yeah. And I don't think that he was actually stopping beating down the door. I think it was one of those where like they focus pull if you can do so, focus pull on audio. Mm-hmm. Like they're focus pulling on audio. They're like, "Yeah, we don't have we don't have to hear him banging on the door. We know he's there. Entire. We know he's there. Just <laughs> calm down." 
It's like when you uh, have characters walk into a party. I can't hear anybody when I'm in a party. I I don't know what my friends are saying or anything, but in a TV show, they're all speaking at normal volumes while there is purportedly loud music blasting. Right. (laughs) There's a band. You can see the band in the background, but you can hear everything everyone's saying. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, and uh, I completely agreed on like that door being as strong as the plot required. Like, when he shows up at the door the first time, he he's put he's almost putting his hand through the damn thing, and then it, it mm-hmm. like the first few hits, it looks like he's gonna hit knock it down in like ten seconds, and then it takes him like I don't know forty five minutes ish. We'll call it. <laughs> he and you know he might have gotten weak, looked around for another door. Maybe that's the headcanon we need. He's a sure. zombie. He's an idiot. He hit that door for a minute, and then he went off and hit another door to see if that was the right one. And the guy wasn't that smart to begin with, if I remember correctly. Uh, he was not. So he was. He was not. He was not Barry's favorite person. Um, I loved Barry waking Jesse up with that little bolt of lightning. Little. Bzz, bzz. I don't know good. if that was him transferring speed force. I'm hoping that. Yeah. And the speed force apparently kind of told him that that would work for some reason. It's all very vague. That's where I did start agreeing with Scott about like that's way too vague. I want to know exactly what happened right now. I don't. I mean, they're gonna kind of don't. They've, they've got two more episodes to tell me i'm yeah i'm assuming they're gonna give us that reasoning yeah but um i hate to say it but i kind of like the idea of it being almost like i'll put it this way i like the idea that you can explain it with science and that like cisco someone like cisco or 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 wells could explain it with science but i like that it's almost i like that it could be construed as magic because cisco says are you like magic now? And yeah, that was a really funny line. <laughs> of course it is. But we're talking about the speed force. Max Mercury created a church around the speed force. Yeah. It has properties that are, uh, I like the supernatural right. properties kind of, of the speed kind of force. divine in, in, in ways. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. And you I know think the part it's a that sold me on it, though? Uh, it, if anything, what sold me on it was, uh, it was kind of, it's kind of a little bit corny, but of all the people in that room, Harry just going speed force, call it, call it a day. Speed force. Mm hmm. We don't need to science this up anymore. My daughter's back. Speed Force, he's God now. I don't care. Whatever. He's it's fine. <laughs> um, very worried about Henry sticking around. I, I'm with Scott. I, I, Scott I thinks think he's going to die think now. Scott's got this one too, yeah. Yeah. If he's wrong, yeah. we're going down with him this time. Yeah. Um, now, here's here's something that almost got me more than Run, Barry, Run from his mom. Barry says to Iris, the truth is you are everything to me and the sound of your voice will always bring me home. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. That was a, that was a lot. I mean, I had just, I had just finally kind of gotten it back together. Yeah. That was, that was rough. But they didn't let you hang out there too long. No, they didn't. I mean, you go right back to, at this, I mean, apparently Hunter's just given up on, uh, on his relationship with Caitlin wholesale. What did he, what did he say? Like (laughs) chase me or die? Um, I forget no. the ultimatum he gave her. I was I was still too weepy to really remember things correctly. But he, he told he, her, "I'm." He's like, "Look, uh, this is simplified. Uh, look, bitch, you betrayed me. So we're gonna do this. I'm gonna go yeah. out here and talk to these fools. When mm-hmm. I come back, if you're gone, we done. <laughs> if you're still here, you won't die <laughs> with your friends. But you with me now, right?" So, and it's kind of a silly ultimatum because if if she's not in the room, she can't have made it more than like two blocks. She'd be dead in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Like if her foot was in the uh, like above the ground in the middle of a step, and he came back to the room and realized that she was gone, her foot would not make it to the end of that step before he found her in that like three block radius. I think it would. He loves her. That's not why anymore. he's giving her the ultimate. That's no. Well, that's I mean, why he's he, giving he her the ultimatum her, in the first place. He kind of. I think he's at the point now where he loves her. 
but only with a certain amount of leash. Yes, but he still loves her. Otherwise, he wouldn't be giving her the ultimatum in the first place. I mean, yeah, she her her neck's still attached, and yeah, she betrayed him. Not rubbery. So if he didn't love her, she would be dead. Yeah, I think that's, that's what they're expecting us to believe. At least he loves her enough to give her a chance. But anyway, yeah, I think he'd let her get back to uh, get back to her friends before because no. he wants her to see. Actually, that's a good point. Him Knowing her. him, he would let her get all the way back and then kill all of them in front of her. Yeah. And then give her a thanks for leading me to him speech or something. I mean, he knows where they are. He can get right to him. Yeah. So, um, one more bit that I loved, uh, just deeply. Um, Barry's back. Hey, we're about to die. All that stuff. Anyway, so Harry and Cisco are sitting there trying to explain what's been going down for a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, their, their chemistry, their rapport during that scene is just, it was phenomenal. It was, oh, gosh. It was wonderful. Was that, like, they're finally, and, you know, they, they've had kind of a... A hostile relationship the whole season. We now we're to the point where like they're completely in sync. They were so much fun. Yeah, it was. I very very finishing much each want other's Harry sentences and stuff. Yeah, I don't want Harry to go any damn where. No, I'll take another version of Harry if I have to. But I'll, this one's gotten to be so much fun. Yeah, uh, see, I like this version of Harry so much now that I don't want another version of Harry. Like, right. I'll take another version of Harry somewhere along the I'll, line. I mean, you, whatever you got to do, as long as Kavanaugh's doing it, I'll I'll play. But yeah, I mean. Have him do double duty. Whatever. He's done it we this season. We can have season. two wells. I'll take two wells at the same time. I just don't I mean, want to get rid of Harry. Right. <laughs> I want E2 Harrison Wells. Played by mm-hmm. Tom Cavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what I want. Um, I think that's all I've got on this episode of The Flash. I thought it was a phenomenal episode. Really a lot of fun. I, I even like the zombie uh, storyline. Yeah, yeah zombie, was, zombie was fun. Everything with Barry was heart. It was... Yeah. Um, and there's always enough spectacle in the Flash. They always have good visuals. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. <laughs> so yeah, big uh, big episode. Really good. Smith, very well done. Anybody? Smith, very yeah. well done. Smith, uh, you bastard. Right. So anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening to DC on Screen. You can find every episode on dconscreen.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever pods be caught. We are proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, giantsizeteamup.com. Check out the other awesome shows on the network, including our sister show, the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, hosted by our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall. Our next episode, we'll be reviewing Arrow 221, Monument Point. Uh, also, we uh, are officially doing a crossover with the Suicide Squad cast. Go over to uh, either our Twitter, DC on Screen or uh, the Suicide Squad cast Twitter and vote on, we're going to do uh, four, there's going to be, we're voting on four movies, the worst, the worst DC movies we can think of. <laughs> it's uh, Batman and Robin, Catwoman, Steel, and Jonah Hex. We're going to review one of those in a big crossover event with the Suicide Squad cast. So go vote on, on those. Uh, it'll be up for a couple more days. Yeah. Uh, until then though, until Monument Point, keep some DC on your screen. 